They ate the dead that first winter on the land. Such was their possession by vile hunger, mean desperation, and who can say what else other than it was unnatural. Any decent history will vouch for the truth of that. And according to lore, the majority of the graveless sacrificed were uneasy souls, who walked certain nights on top of the earth, haunting not just the ground of their defilement, but all the contiguous lands, until they possessed the entire continent as surely as if they had been more fortunate in life. Old Lo, one from that legion of unblessed, had prowled the wilderness since anyone could remember. Each Sunday he could be seen standing atop the hill on the southern side of the lake, ululating as any wild beast or grief-stricken man from the first moments of creation. It was why the land was sold to him at all, because to put up a proper house there, he would have to begin construction on the very spot of the ghost's weekly sojourn. Surveying east and west, north and south, to the edges of the horizon in each earthly direction, Jasper Marion sought a better place, or some compromise that would give him access to his lands without disturbing the unburied. He could see no other way, though, so started digging where he was forced, out there on the very boundary of civilization and silent oblivion. He was not generally a man to go against common sense or community, but this was all any would give him to purchase or settle when he finished his term of servitude. Nights, he went back to the outpost to sleep, until a half-proper roof had been put up out in the forest over the little shack he had managed. The villagers all stayed away from him once they learned what he was doing out there, but he did not mind. Or rather, he learned to show no sign, having concluded in earliest youth certain things about the inner levers and measures of assembled man. There was, besides, nothing else he might do about it but continue his building. As for the ghost, he had not yet seen him, nor was he bothered in the way other men might have presumed to be when he finally did catch sight of the fiend. For when his own forebears arrived on the land not many years after the first settlement, God had already been brought in to tame the heathen new country, so that superstition and minor deities, along with pestilence and death, dwelled only in shadow and certain corners too mean to allow him entrance. Over time, so say the writings, other gods would be imported as well, and all stand atop the aboriginal like a totem with none except true God in its sylvanite apex. This was he to whom Marion principally paid the respect of prayer when he paid it to any at all. Owing in large part to this, he saw no need for fear. For another thing he had borne the spirit no insult, and looked on his presence not as divergent, but an extended part of the numinous world. When the roof was sound enough from the elements, he slept out there his first night, still unafraid. It was Saturday, and if there was anything to lore in ancient saws, Old Lowe was said certain to be visible in his full horror and abomination that next day. Marion stared out at the stars through his unfinished roof and despaired of other things but banished them from his waking mind lest he thwart his own enterprise before it was properly begun. As for ghosts, he gave no more thought at all. Morning was his first on the land, 
and he rose in the still darkness to make his way to the ceaseless work of clearing away timber for fields and digging rocks from the soil to increase its fertility. They were onerous tasks that on a proper farm would have been distributed among many. He toiled in solitude and did not swear oaths or otherwise complain. In the small clearing he had already claimed, Marion raised axe to tree and listened to the sound echoing around the forest. He smiled, knowing it was his own woods, and as far as that sound could be heard, more than likely his own trees and property as well. Marion's ground.